TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's Keith McPherson on The Fan. 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Blessed man, another five-hour KM to AM. On the fan in New York, please dial up. Join the show. You know how it goes. 87-7, a six, a six, and two more sixes. We'll get you on the air. Now, I wasn't planning on starting here, but 10 minutes ago this news broke, so let's start right there. It has happened. Jim Harbaugh, back to the NFL. So Shefty just broke the news, and you just heard Ax say it. He goes to Michigan after leaving the 49ers, and with all the scandal and the sign stealing and the suspensions, back-to-back years, and Michigan versus everybody, they get the national championship. They win the national championship, and... Now he gets to ride off into the sunset. Now he gets to cash out and go back to the NFL where he doesn't have to worry about the NCAA. He doesn't have to worry about uh, NIL. He doesn't have to worry about transfer portals. He doesn't have to worry about kids coming into school with a million followers, wanting certain things, demanding certain things. He's back to the big leagues. Jim Harbaugh is leaving Michigan to accept the head coaching job with the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers get their man while the national champions now have a head coach opening. And there was a lot of news today with the head coach openings and searches and spots being filled. And I remember I came on after the wild card round. I was listening to the fan all day and there was talk about how, oh, the Cowboys are going to fire Mike McCarthy. Wait till Nick Sirianni is shown the door in Philadelphia the Giants are going to close the gap on the Eagles and the Cowboys. And I said, pump your brakes on that. You know, so much has to happen for the Giants in this offseason. Do I think they can do it? Certainly. I think they have the right people for the job. But nothing happens until it does. Nothing changes until it does. They have to hire, right? They had a lot of turmoil with Wink Martindale leaving and all the nonsense that we talked about for two weeks with Brian Dable yelling at people and uh, coaches being fired and whatever. They're filling those spots, but they're still working on filling those spots. And other teams are working on filling their coaching spots and coaching vacancies. It's a competition. That's another thing I tell you. The NFL, 
the teams that are competing in the championship are competing in the playoffs, still playing game, still playing games. The other teams are competing for next year. The other teams are competing for coaching ch- talent, and pretty soon they'll be competing for free agents and for draft picks. And the draft is a whole competition. So, you know, to assume that you're going to close the gap on two playoff teams, keyword playoff teams that you thought were going to start all over. That's not the case. Speaking of Nick Sirianni, we find out today that Vic Fangio was released in Miami. Now, Miami is a playoff team or was a playoff team. Vic Fangio, you remember, was head coach out in Denver. I mean, he's a respected head coach in the league. The Dolphins and Vic Fangio have mutually agreed to part ways. Fangio will now be the top target for the Philadelphia Eagles to hire as their defensive coordinator a deal is expected, right? He's going to be closer to his family. Miami is allowing Fangio to leave to be closer to his family in Pennsylvania. Fangio and the Eagles had interest before this season that just passed. I know there was a lot of rumors about, oh, no, we don't want Wink Martindale going to Philadelphia. He may or may not go there. He might even go to Miami now. And then that brings in the New York Jets. Run it back. A mulligan. Everybody's safe. And if you've heard me, I've talked about how ridiculous that is. Out of all the years, for you to have the coach with the worst record in the NFL, a coach that nobody is certain about, but you have a 40-year-old quarterback slash GM say, everybody's good. I love these guys. They're great. They're coming back. We have to stick to the plan. Sure, stick to the plan. But you may set your franchise back Another five, maybe even ten years, the drought could continue because you're not out there competing with the rest of the NFL right now. 877-337-6666. So I say that to say this. Are the Falcons going to hire Bill Belichick? We don't know. You know, Mike Vrabel is interviewing with the Falcons. I saw earlier today. You know, former Titans coach Mike Vrabel is at the Falcons facility to interview for the head coaching job. They also checked on Harbaugh. The Falcons are trying to find their guy, trying to find their man. Other teams like the Raiders said, okay, Antonio Pierce, you're our guy. Got it. You know, Bill Callahan's kid or uh, Brian Callahan was um, hired in, in Tennessee. There's a lot of moving parts and moving chairs, but the sooner you get the guys, the right guys in those chairs, the sooner you can start competing and building for next year. So the Giants are still working on their coaching staff. The Jets are completely running it back with their coaching staff, which is laughable, but typical Jets. And I saw that the Jets actually were pursuing Deuce Staley, former Eagles running back. If you remember Hard Knocks, I believe the year before the Jets were on Hard Knocks, you got a good look at Deuce Staley as the running back coach for the Lions. The Jets were on his trail. He's officially going to the Browns. So, like I said, while there are four teams left competing for the AFC and NFC championship and a chance to go to the Super Bowl, the rest of the teams in the NFL are competing for personnel, coaching talent, and trying to stock up so that they can be where these last final four teams are next year. Here in New York, let's see what happens with the Jets, their 40-year-old quarterback who went down in four plays, their whole coaching staff coming back that couldn't inspire guys down the stretch, just couldn't even get guys to line up. 
Couldn't even get guys to finish plays down the stretch. They're safe. They're coming back. And then, you know, Dable and Shane, whatever you think about them, this is a huge year for them. You need a quarterback. You need a hell of a draft. You need to hit in free agency. You need to find more Bobby O'Karakays. You need to draft more Deontay Banks types. It's not certain. So as we spend every day on the fan talking about who the next champion is going to be in New York, who's going to bring a championship to this city, you know, football is over for both New York clubs that play in East Rutherford, New Jersey, but it ain't over. These other teams are competing for the services of top coaches, and we're going to talk about it tonight as there are some other guys that are popping up in different places. Like, you know, there are lesser names that you might not know and might not have heard of. I also saw the Bengals, right? They lose their offensive coordinator, of course, because as I'm talking about Rob Sala and Nathaniel Hackett, those two together, what a terrible combination. They can't get solid quarterback play, and all we do is blame Zach Wilson, Timmy Boyle, and Trevor Simeon. Well, over in the you know Cincinnati Bengals organization, they lose the highest-paid quarterback player in the league, and here comes Jake Browning. Jake Browning gets Brian Callahan a head coaching job with the job that they did this year with a backup, and now the Bengals are upgrading their quarterback coach who worked directly with Jake Browning. Dan Pitcher to be their offensive coordinator, in-house hire. So uh, just wanted to start off there with the NFL conversation. We'll certainly get to the matchups. Debo Samuel didn't practice today. He absolutely has to play if Brock Purdy doesn't have him against the Lions and the Lions have their full complement of weapons. I think the Lions-Cinderella story continues. And uh, Lamar Jackson spoke today about Patrick Mahomes sang his praises, said he's a Hall of Famer. It's going to be a, a heavyweight battle, two heavyweights squaring off. Come on, Lamar. I got a drop that's playing on WFAN talking about Lamar going into the locker room, cursing out the team, firing them up, and they came out and had a completely different second half. Man, he's got to be cursing these guys out all week because we cannot go in to two weeks of Super Bowl coverage with Brittany Mahomes, Jackson Mahomes, now I know the name of uh, Kylie Kelsey, Jason Kelsey taking his shirt off. Travis Kelsey's going to retire and propose to Taylor Swift. And the Swifties all want to go to Baltimore. I heard Tiki Barber say his young daughter asked if she could go to the Baltimore Ravens game to see Taylor Swift. We can't have two weeks of coverage on the Kansas City Chiefs and all their family members and wags, wives, and girlfriends. I, I don't know what Lamar Jackson's wife looks like. I don't know what his mom looks like. I don't I don't know anything about them. I, don't, I couldn't tell you what uh, Roquan Smith's wife looks like. I don't know what his mom looks like. I don't know. Donna Kelsey, we all seen her enough already. Please, Lamar. Please, John Harbaugh, Jadavian Clowney, Kyle Hamilton, all those guys in Baltimore. Save us all. 877-337-6666. There's so much to get to. Uh, Aaron Boone was on Evan and Tiki yesterday. We're definitely going to have the Yankee conversation and talk about some of that. Um, I, I'm always looking to force the Yankee-Mets conversation late into the night. And obviously there's a rivalry there. But the rivalry that has been um, <laughs> the 24 hours, the last 24 hours, the rivalry that's been the topic of conversation here in New York I guess I slept on it, and then I listened to the fan today. I was the first one to speak on it last night, and I feel differently. I went to the game last night with Evan. Shout out to Evan. 
and Tiki and Tommy. It was a good game to go to. But I did not go to that game expecting to get a win. And I left right after Tiki left. And I saw Tiki leave. We were on the same elevator down. But I stayed. And as a fan, I'm like, come on. Dorian Finney-Smith hit that three. I'm watching on the big screen. I'm in the atrium area. Basically one foot in, one foot out. But I just knew the Nets were going to find a way to lose. And for all of my Brooklyn Net fans out there who are slightly different than Evan Roberts. Evan, Evan, I, I understand. Evan is, is, I'm a loser. Evan is slightly dramatic. Evan, he leaned all the way into it. He gave you blood. I'm not giving you any blood. The Nets suck. They're trash. They're a bottom three team in the NBA, in my opinion. I've watched all these games. I do the Talking Nets podcast, and I'm miserable talking about this team and what it took for them to get here. Everything from KD, Kyrie, James Harden, Ben Simmons, Joe Sy, Sean Marks. It is an absolute mess in Brooklyn. So I go there last night, and Evan invited me, and I hadn't been to a game since opening night. Why? I've prioritized taking care of my son and staying home until my wife gets home from work, and then we pass off, and I come in to the fan to do my show. Can't really go to the game at 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, taking care of my son, and um, my wife actually came home so I could go to the game. I'm like, this is going to be a good one. Evan's there. Tiki's there. Louie's there. I'm going to go. It's Knicks versus Nets. Everybody was out. I saw Cam Newton, Scam Newton going into the Qatar Airways VIP, Brandon Marshall, Tyra Banks, and some furries, Justin Tuck. Uh, There was a lot of celebrities out there for Knicks and Nets. But I keep hearing this narrative about Knicks fans taking over the building. You would think Brooklyn was in New Mexico, not New York. Follow me here. You would think that it was further away than the Wells Fargo Center. Just a couple weeks ago, when the Knicks went down to Philly and beat the reigning MVP who just dropped 70, they took over Philadelphia, the Wells Fargo Center as well. Go to Knicks Muse on Twitter. They have the video of the Philly fans clearing out and the Knicks fans cheering and yelling and taking over their building. This happens in the NBA. Trust, I know, I'm a Nets fan. I've seen the Miami Heat come into Barclays Center and dominate the building, their fan base. I've seen the Golden State Warriors do it. Boston Celtics do it. It's not a surprise to me that New Yorkers live in New York. It's not a surprise to me that you hear MVP chants in there, which I'm sitting next to Evan and Tiki. Tommy will vouch for me. Jalen Brunson gets to the line. I hear MVP. We are boo. We are chanting and trying to, you know, overchant the Knicks fans in the building. But the Knicks fans and the Knicks fandom has been here for a century. The Brooklyn Nets specifically rebranded down there on Flatbush and Atlantic have been there 10, now 11 years. And you hear me say the phrase, this Nets world has been built. And it was built on the backs of the superstars that were just here. It actually blows my mind how that four years happened so fast and it's over and the Nets are right back to being, are the Nets still in the league? Terrible, trash. But I swear y'all are gassing the situation about the Knicks fans taking over the building. It sounded like Madison Square Garden. It should. The Nets are terrible right now. I just told you I went to one game. That was my second game. I used to go to all the games. I was in there when the Nets won seven in a row against the Knicks. I was in there when Katie and Kyrie refused to lose to the Knicks. It's your time now, but you've got bigger fish to fry. 
And I was glad when I got on last night. It was really just therapy for the Net fan. It, w- it wasn't any Knicks fans calling in to beat their chest over that win. You knew you were going to win. There were a ton of Knicks fans walking around confidently, even when the Nets came out and took the lead in the second half. Because the Nets find ways to lose. They're a bottom three team. I was so surprised last Friday. I did my show. I went home. They beat LeBron and the Lakers in L.A. And that was led by Cam Thomas, who, of course, was glued to the bench at the end of the game last night. Jacques Vaughn is in over his head. Can't figure it out. The Nets players, some veterans, some young guys, some journeymen, and a complete waste of a max contract in Ben Simmons. It is a joke what they have going on in Brooklyn. So what I'm saying is you've got bigger fish to fry You should expect to beat the Brooklyn Nets. It shouldn't even have been a close game. There was no taking over the building. The Net fan wasn't there. The Net fan was leaving, myself included. It's not impressive to take over little brother in your own city. Now, it was impressive when the Nets fans went to Madison Square Garden the last couple years, and you could hear Brooklyn in the Mecca. Now, that's different, but I understand you want your get back, and this is that. This is the get back. But I swear today, all the stuff about the Nets should relocate, even the fact that they asked Mikael Bridges about, oh, how, like, it's the beat reporters in New York that cover the Nets that are low-key Knicks fans or were Knicks fans when the Nets were in New Jersey asking those questions. How come they didn't ask Joel Embiid about Knicks fans taking over his building? They weren't going to approach the reigning MVP with that. They weren't going to ask Nick Nurse and those guys about that. Who cares? It's one game. The Knicks fans should be focused on two things. The next trade that you're going to make, there's two weeks until the deadline, and how far you're going to actually get in the playoffs. Because the net fan knows that they're absolutely cooked. It's disgusting what this team does on the floor, night in and night out. I've watched them lose to the Trailblazers twice in the last couple weeks. I've watched them lose to the Washington Wizards. But the net fan is sitting back knowing that this was supposed to be a down year after the two superstars, 7 and 11, hit the detonate button, the net fan is waiting for the Knicks to eventually fail. And I heard Evan come around to some of that later in the day. But the Knicks, you got to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. You got to get to the actual finals. Or the net fan will be sitting here laughing at you when we get to May and eventually June. 877-337-6666. Let's talk all about it. We'll start with the football And obviously the Knicks-Nets rivalry as the Knicks and Nets aren't on tonight. There's a bunch of basketball games. But then we'll get into uh, some of Aaron Boone's stuff, um, the offseason, Yankees, Mets. And last night while you were sleeping, I had a conversation that we wrote about. I have a sneaky suspicion that this Mets team is not going to be as bad as everyone's saying. Because you can't predict baseball. That's baseball, Susan. Everybody's writing them off like they don't have veterans and superstars and talented players. They're not going to go lay down. They're not going to lose every series in June. I'm excited for this baseball season, and I'm excited for this show tonight. At 745, my guy Robin Lundberg will join me. We're definitely going to talk New York sports and Sports Illustrated. At 845, Brandon Steiner will join me. You guys know Brandon Steiner, Steiner Sports. We're definitely going to talk Yankees, baseball, New York sports. And at 945, CP, the franchise, from Knicks Fan TV, we'll have the back and forth between a Knicks fan and a Nets fan and talk more New York sports. This is The Fan in New York. This is Keith McPherson, your nighttime host. 877-337-6666. 
Let's take this break and we'll be right back. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... You deserve this ice-cold reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Yeah, buddy. Not wasting any time tonight. We will also have the Hall of Fame conversation. I did it last night, but it was one in the morning. And it's easy work <laughs> to just absolutely... Crush Major League Baseball and Baseball Writers of America and drag the Hall of Shame, which I now call the Hall of Justice. These uh, these guys, these pen pushers, think they're you know doing the Lord's work, keeping those cheaters out. Yeah, well, in my humble opinion, <laughs> the Hall of Fame without Barry Bonds and Alex Rodriguez and Roger Clemens and now Gary Sheffield is about as valid as the Astros' 2017 World Series. Keith McPherson on the fan, 877-337-6666. Let's see how many calls we can take before we break and bring in my first guest, Robin Lumberg. Leo's out in Brooklyn. What's up, Leo? You're on the fan. Hey, what's up, man? Um, I just want to ask you, like, you're a Nets fan, and I'm a Knicks fan. Um, the Nets go to Super Team, and didn't even make the Eastern Conference Finals. So... I don't know what you're saying that like Nets fans are gonna laugh at Knicks fans when they don't if they don't make the Eastern Conference Final. You guys were in a game seven of the semi. Yeah, Conference so if final. you want to go so, backwards, we can go backwards. But I'm talking about your future, right? So laugh now, cry later. We know our team is cooked. Well, we know our history. We know what we just had. We don't have that now. If we had that versus the Knicks, these two games we played this season, it, it'd be a little different outcome. So like, have your parade, you know. Like, this is your no get back. Like, this parade, is... But you guys didn't win anything. You guys didn't win anything, and we didn't win anything. Trust, we know. I was there. <laughs> like, we know what happened. I know yeah. every step of the way what and, happened. What I'm saying and, to you is, you you were bums. Your team was miserable for a decade. Stay yeah, down but listen, till you come the up. was still rocking. No, you listen. What I'm saying is, like, it does. the garden was still ro- rocking. Your narratives of... And, and I didn't hang up on you, Leo. You're on hold because like, I'm not about to let you talk over me because I know I'm in the arena. I go to the games. And I was at a bunch of Nets games before they turned into the complete garbage can. But what I'm saying to you is this. All right? We're not going backwards. We, we know it, it was arguably the biggest failure 
obviously in Nets history, but in the NBA history, the big three scary hours. We know they won seven games. They barely played together. But for all of this conversation about who runs New York and all the narratives used to be like when, when, when the Knicks were getting their ass kicked by the Nets over and over and over again, every single time, right, it would get late in the game. And uh, what's the dude's name? Rob Perez talking about Julius Randle versus KD. You can't win that. The narrative was, oh, the Nets have no fans. So if we have no fans, why are you beating your chest over taking over our building? Right? Why are you so proud about, oh, we took over Barclays, made it sound like Madison Square Garden. I thought we don't have any fans. I thought there are no Nets fans. I thought you run the city. I thought you knew the proximity of, I don't know, your arena to Barclays Center. It's a 30-minute ride, a 40-minute train ride. You can get to Brooklyn from the Bronx in an hour. Everybody in New York can get to the arena. Why is there all of this shock? Like, oh, man, did you hear it? That's another thing I was saying online. It's If you weren't physically there, it's a television broadcast. And I know a lot of you don't realize that they control the audio and video that is produced in that television broadcast and hitting you in your home. So when Mikhail Bridges is at the free throw line getting booed, or Jalen Brunson's at the free throw line getting MVP chance, or the end of the game when it's a raucous Knicks crowd, it's turned up louder so you could hear it. But I was sitting in the arena, and I walked around the arena, and the Knicks fan was pretty confident, obviously, because the Nets suck, but it wasn't like the Knicks overtook the building the whole game. The Knicks fan came up at the end of the game. But what are we talking about? You should have bigger fish to fry, right? Your eyes should be on the prize, which is, I don't know, actually getting to the Eastern Conference Final where you're supposed to be, maybe the NBA Finals where you hope to be, and when you fail, the net fan will say, <laughs> you're right where we are. Now go for it, Leo. Yeah, what's up, Keith? All right. Um, yeah, I understand your point, but I was just getting back to your point when you were saying, like, you know, it's not that big of an accomplishment if, you no, know, we sell out. Like, you know, we overthrow you guys in your own building. But it's not really an accomplishment because even when you guys were one win away from the Conference Final, that place is filled with artificial noise, bro. Like, what are you I know talking you're talking about. I'm, I, I, I lived it. I have videos on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, you, like, like, I gotta let you it's, go because it's all cap. It's all lies. You Nick fans that don't go to Barclays Center love to tell us what goes on in our building. The whole phrase "this Nets world has been built." is from me going there from 2013 to 23 and seeing the changes and seeing the, the net fan that was 10 years old when they first came to Brooklyn is now a 21-year-old man. It's different now, and I don't need you to acknowledge it, but you're not about to get up here and say that we were pumping artificial noise into the building. I was in there at half court, like 20-some rows back, game seven, when KD's foot was on the line. There's a, a, a almost viral video of me not celebrating because I'm watching the game knowing, hey, he stepped on the line. Look at Giannis. Giannis is pointing at his foot. I don't know. I don't know if that's a three. So it's just comical, moving the goalposts. Are you trying to win? Are you trying to have the Knicks team that actually, like, if, if, if you ran the city, if it's New York forever and the Nets don't matter and the Nets are little brother and the Nets have no fans, why are you so accomplished over taking over the Barclays Center? You're not the only franchise that has done it, right? These New York Miami Heat fans have done it. These New York Boston Celtics fans have done it. Everyone in New York can get to the building. Like I said in my open, you would think Brooklyn, the Nets, played in New Mexico, not New York. Matthew is on Staten Island next up on the fan. What's up, Matt? 
Hey, Keith, how are you, man? Big time fan of the show. Uh, I just wanted to call you real quick to talk about St. John's. You know, I'm a, I'm a senior, and every year it's in the same rodeo. We lack in conference play, lack in the Big East, lack in the big time games. This year was the first year I actually had hope, but recently it's really not going good. We started the year 12 and 4. We were number one in the Big East. Now I believe we're sixth or seventh, and we've lost three crucial games in a row. I just wanted to see what you think about them. Where do you think? Where do you see them going? It's year one. I mean, I watched that whole game against Seton Hall when Patino was out sick, and they got smacked. It was embarrassing. It was like a twenty-six zero run. They couldn't score at all, and I think that was a, a you know, a mirror, like you know, or a window into like what actually is on the team, what they have. Like, they're not necessarily going to contend in year one, but Patino is a legend. He's going to figure it out. Uh, they're 12-7, and seven, but, like, they play in a – like, there's a reason why they've been down for so long. There's a reason why, you know, they haven't been able to recruit with some of these other teams. And these other teams aren't looking at Rick Patino. Rick Patino's not out there shooting the ball. He's not out there playing defense. Um, these other teams aren't laying down. They're looking for the opportunity to knock them off. I'm in here right now watching uh, Providence versus Seton Hall. It's it's 31 31- 30 in favor of Seton Hall at the half. I remember watching that Providence um, St. John's game and they beat them. I don't know. You just got to keep the faith, keep the faith and and keep watching and hoping that um, the coach that you got is the right coach and he figures it out and they find a way to win and you get in a tournament this year. But like they're 12 and seven. They got a long way to go, but I just wouldn't, I wouldn't look at Rick Pitino's first year and say, okay, this is the year that St. John's is back. I think they're taking a step forward for sure, but who knows what actually happens in the end. Thank you so much. Thanks for the call. 877-337. You know, you know, you know. Anthony's out in the Bronx, New York. Anthony, you're on the fan. Hi. Um, I had Nets tickets since the Meadowlands. And you're crazy if you don't think they pump, pump noise into Brooklyn. There were times there's nobody clapping. And the noise, it's as loud. They you have know, a sound the system, of course. What are you talking about noise? You think like fake crowd cheering noise? Yeah. They, like the clapping, Atlanta Falcons did like some years free, back? Like booing on free throws. Nah. That's all, that's all punk you said, you said you had tickets, had tickets in Jersey, right? You had tickets in Jersey, right? How many games have you been to? How many games Jersey, have you been to in tickets, the Barclays Center over the last Brooklyn. couple years? I go to like 15 games a year because I live in the Bronx. I sit up in 201 behind the net. I've had tickets. I remember when Kid came to the Meadowlands and we had 10,000 people on opening night because Mr. Jordan decided to come back to MSG the same night. Yeah, but what does that have to do with the Barclays Center last because night or of, last year? Because of noisy space in Brooklyn. That's why it's sad. Nah, you can't prove that, though. Like, I, I just don't understand where all the capping is coming from, all the lying. All, like, what are we talking about? I go to the games. I've lived it. There is no fake crowd noise. Like, I have videos. I have my own memory. It's a narrative. There definitely was a time when Brooklyn first had the team. There weren't as many Nets fans. There were some people getting free tickets. You could go pull up over there, stand outside, buy a ticket for 10, 15 bucks and go in. But there are, there are a lot of Nets fans now. I'm, I'm on air last night. There is a, a Nets Twitter space with over 220 Nets fans talking about the team until 2 in the morning. I physically know these people. I talk to these people. I do a podcast for these people. So it's just a narrative that just is corny at this point. What is it, what is it achieving for y'all? What are you getting out of it? 
oh, there's no Nets fans. They're pumped. Why would they have to pump fake crowd noise into the arena? They have a sound system. They play music. Compliments to the Brooklyn Nets. I hadn't been in there since opening night. I'm like, we might have the best beats in the league. I don't know who rivals us. Shout out to DJ Jung. I forget the other DJ that plays in there. But the beats that they play while the game is going on are phenomenal. Old school hip-hop, new school hip-hop. They're mixed perfectly. It's great. The team sucks. Ben Simmons is on this team for no reason. right? Jacques Vaughn is telling you at the end of the game, instead of keeping their, their young, talented scorer in the game when you need a bucket, when you're losing the lead that he felt like playing Dennis Smith Jr., former Nick, because of his spirit and his energy, he can't score. And you got guys like Cam Johnson, who has a $102 million contract, can't make a layup. Mikael Bridges doing everything he can against his buddies from Villanova. Doesn't matter. Let's talk about real things. Not these imaginary things you guys read on the internet. Oh, yo, in Brooklyn, they pump in fake crowd noise. The place is sold out every night. Go to NBA.com. Go to ESPN and check the capacity. Every game, even with the team being dumpster juice, those fans are in there. And I, like I said, I, I've been to two games this year. I got no reason to even say it. Like, I'm telling you what I know as fact. What, what you think you know and you want to go back to the Meadowlands, that has nothing to do with the arena in Brooklyn. The organization is trash from the owner to the GM to the product on the court. But there are actually Brooklyn Nets fans now. Stay down till you come up, Nets fans. It'll come back around. I don't know when. Might be a while. The KD, Kyrie, James Harden era was that fast. But, like, you don't have to sit here and take it from – random Knicks fans and even Nets fans in our own fan base. Like, oh, yeah, they took over the arena. They got a pump fake. That's that's a lie. It's not fact. It's not true. So 877-337-6666. Actually, we got a break and go get Robin Lumberg. He's coming up at 745. If you're on hold, stay on hold. If you want to call and be in the queue, we can do that. Obviously, we're talking Knicks, Nets. And like I'm telling you, yo, like anybody listen, listening to me that knows me before I got on the fan, I was at all those games. I was in the block with the Brooklyn Brigade. I watched them move the Brooklyn Brigade from Section 114, a small section, to Section 1. Now there's like 100 members. And I was talking about it last night. I feel bad for the guys. I feel bad for the gang. There's nothing to cheer about anymore. But I'm not about to let y'all lie on the whole thing. Like, nah, you're not about to lie on the whole fan base and the arena. Congrats to you. New York, there's a, a million New Yorkers that can get to that arena and that are New York Knicks fans, and they showed up, but they were not dominating that building. They, they were not dominating that building until late in the game where you should have won. The Nets are a bottom three team. But you got bigger fish to fry. Make that deal, make that trade, get Malcolm Brogdon, and then make your push to the Eastern Conference Finals and see how you do against Embiid, Giannis, Tatum, and those guys. The Nets aren't really much to write home about. Keith McPherson on the fan. Robin Lumberg coming up next. We'll be right back. Oh, yeah. Had to let that beat ride a little bit. Keith McPherson on the fan. KM to AM. Joining me right now. My guy. You might know this guy. I mean, he's a radio guy. He's a New Yorker. He's a Nets fan now. Robin Lumberg, who also did talk in Nets with me. What's up, Robin? You're on the fan. What's good? Kicking and pushing, Keith, as we, we come in here. <laughs> He's a hip-hop I'm, I'm dealing with a little bit of a Lupe fiasco myself, but you know what I mean. <laughs> well done. So let's start right there. So Robin uh, was working for Sports Illustrated or still working for Sports Illustrated Digital, doing content, interviewing athletes, does a great job with the reels, TikToks, 
Robin, let's start there because, you know, when I reached out to you, I said I was listening to Booms talk about Boomer Esiason, talk about Sports Illustrated, and I saw his um, or I heard his Sports Minute talking about how he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And for a lot of us, we grew up with SI. I remember that was, you know, before we had phones and apps, like that Sports Illustrated for Kids being delivered to my apartment was my window monthly into all these different things, taking posters out, putting them on the wall, the cards, reading. And I, I mean, I loved it. I, I grew up with it. I, I turned into a regular Sports Illustrated guy. So you working at Sports Illustrated. Let's start there. Uh, how'd you get the gig? What'd you do at Sports Illustrated? Then we'll talk about, you know, what's going on right now. Yeah. So, I mean, I was at ESPN New York, you know, the competition, I, I suppose, for you guys for a, a good long bit there. And when that ended... I went into SI to um, audition, essentially, with Maggie Gray. Uh, Maggie was the host there, uh, basically doing what I do now, but she was, they were looking for a co-host for it. And I went in. First day, I was too dressed up, you know, like I, I had on a suit or whatever. They told me to dress, dress down a little bit. That, that was me came, at Rock Nation. I had the same experience. I showed up to Rock Nation in a shirt and a tie. They're like, what are you doing? <laughs> so I came back the next day, right? And they had heard me say something behind the scenes, uh, shout out to Ben Teitelbaum, who was the executive producer at the time. He, he said, you know, I want you to write an essay on LeBron being better than Jordan. And remember, this is circa 2017. So this was before everybody was saying that all the time or it was mm-hmm. a constant argument. So I'm in, I'm, we're in a little apartment. I had both my, my first two kids at the time. And I had these little, I remember vividly because my wife was upstairs in like the storage room. Like, can you come help me? I was like, no, I got to write this essay to get this job, you know? And I, I sit in one of these little colored chairs, like a bright orange chair or whatever, bright green, whatever it was, and I bang this out mad quick. And, and I tell you this because from my experience, the faster I do something, the more successful it, it generally tends to be, especially when it comes to writing. So I go, and the next day I, I do this read straight to, to prompter. One take, first time I'd ever read off a prompter. It was kind of the speech I was meant to give because – if anybody knows me, they know I'm a big LeBron fan. They know I'm a big Jay-Z fan. And the, the first line of the piece was, Hope got flow, though he's no big and pop, but he's close. How am I supposed to win when you got me chasing ghosts? Mm. And I was relating that to LeBron and Jordan. Anyhow, I leave that day, and my, my guy, who I still work with, Gene Cherry, uh, he produced the piece, edited it up, and it was after LeBron had, had some scoring milestone. They put it into the universe. Most viral video in the history of Sports Illustrated. 10 million views on Facebook, whatever, you know, I just kept seeing the numbers run up. I'm like, I got that job. And yep. sure enough, I, I, I did get that job. I did a whole press tour around that. You know, I was on with Peter Rosenberg and Ebro on Hot 97 and all that. So that's basically how I got the job. I hosted their live show with Maggie for a bit until she left over there. Um, and then I did it by myself. I had a co-host. Another company took over. There's been a lot of trials and tribulations. But what you said about the the SI brand, I mean, the one thing, no matter what happens, how all this shakes out, because of the brand and the power of that brand, I got to interview Tom Brady, right? I got to interview Steph. I mean, I made news, national news with yeah. Tom Brady. Um, I, I got to interview Steph Curry. I got to, you know, talk to some of the big dogs. So that, that can never get taken away. And, and I do owe SI that. It, it's such a respected brand name entity. And, you know, like I, I worked at MTV. So a lot of times I, I speak about MTV on air. And how MTV was a cultural icon, but, you know, they didn't evolve. And I always use the phrase evolve or dissolve. And, and I felt like, you know, 
I, I likened them to, I don't know, like Blockbuster. How, like, in the 90s, we all would go to Blockbuster on the weekends and get a movie and a video game, and, like, they didn't evolve with the times. I felt like Sports Illustrated did. They did have the digital arms and, and the, you know, the articles online. But when we got this recent news about the layoffs, and then actually you just sent me this article from two hours ago from the New York Post, I'm kind of confused now. I'm like, I think a lot of people looked at the news last week as this is the end of Sports Illustrated. They're laying off all these people. They'll cease to exist. But that's not exactly what's going to happen or could potentially happen. Can you speak more to, you know, your experience, your your job at SI, if that's safe? And where do you think this is going now? Yeah, yeah. Look, I'll speak on the facts and what I can say without putting um, the rest of my employment or future, you know, sure. <laughs> uh, income at jeopardy just what's out in the public sphere so as far as adapting to the new age i mean it's fair to say that maybe they took a long time because so many people were were subscribing and they were relying on that income i'd like to think that myself and the the, the team i work with i, I said gene uh, you know a shout out to Coda london dave sepperson doug vasquez the guys i work with on a day-to-day basis are at the forefront of pushing that forward you know i've been doing i've been doing some of you know Aside from talking to Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo and making news, I mean, I did video of myself doing a side-by-side with the LSU locker room and the LSU library. And, like, is LSU a football school? You don't need a book to answer that. Five million <laughs> I remember that video. Multiple, multiple platforms, right? So I, I feel like we were, we were doing that. But basically what, what happened last week has nothing to do with any of that. It's also not – I was not laid off. The entire team got an email. The entire staff got an email saying that, you know, there was a ticking clock on their jobs essentially because of this license being pulled. Um, more or less, long story short, Sports Illustrated was sold to a company called Authentic Brands Group. Authentic Brands Group cut a deal with a company called Arena Group to license the media operations. Part of that agreement is, you know, the, the licensing fee that they pay. Arena Group was taken over by a new owner who decided, or for whatever reason, they didn't make that payment. ABG then pulled the license. Where that license winds up, is it with another place? Is it with Arena Group again? That all remains to be seen. What that means for the employees, that also all remains to be seen. So basically right now, anybody that's still left there, myself included, is in this limbo with a a ticking clock on their status. So it's all fun, you know? It's great. Great times. (laughs) Yeah, well, I know you're up for any challenge. I know you're a creative guy. Like I said, I know you're you're tapped in with hip-hop, with sports, uh, WWE. I I know you'll you'll be just fine, and I'm obviously rooting for you, and I got you on here tonight so some people could hear you and and look you up. We're on the phone right now with Robin Lumberg from SI Now, SI Digital. Sports Illustrated obviously was in the news last week so I wanted to bring him on now let's let's bring it to the Brooklyn Nets so in my open you know I, I just heard a lot of conversation I was in the building last night and obviously I left because I had to host the show after the game so I think I was out of there by the time we got under three minutes but man the conversation today about the Knicks fan in New York taking over the building to me it just didn't make sense like last year or the years before it was like oh there are no Nets fans but now it's, oh, yeah, we took over their building. Well, if there's no fans, that should be easy to do. But then I also said, like, I was in the building. The fans were kind of, you know, they were they were not as loud until the very end. The fans were kind of watching the game, trying to be pumped up. But the Nets were in control of that game at different points of the second half. What I'm saying is 
Uh, all the conversation about the Nets should relocate and oh, the Knicks the Knicks took over their building and how embarrassing that is, it's, it's not valid to me. I, I'm someone that's been in that building since it opened, and I know you are now a Nets fan, and you've been on you know both sides of this, and you understand being in New York, the Knicks fandom, and how deep it runs, how long the Knicks fans have struggled, suffered, been in misery, and now they have a good team. I'm happy for them. But what I'm not going to do, what we're not going to do is act like, oh, they took over the building when the Nets are one of the worst teams in the NBA right now. They should take over the building. The fans don't have anything to celebrate. They don't have anything to stand on to compete with a Knicks fan right now. Well, look, I mean, the most recent thing you saw is not the only thing that exists. In recent years, the Nets have developed a fan base. They have, you know, developed uh, an identity, at least as far as being seen much more as a marquee franchise. I mean, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, however that went, decided to sign with the Brooklyn Nets. That is a fact. And as a result, I think it legitimized the franchise in a way. Now, of course, the way it all went down and ended has put them in a tough and a rough spot. When it comes to the Knicks, everybody knows the Knicks have fans. The Knicks fans have stuck around. I mean, credit to them, I guess. They stuck around through misery. I mean, they, I, I got to the city, Keith, in 2004. The, the Knicks had last, you know, won a playoff series, of, I think, a few years before that. They didn't win another one until just recently. I mean, it was like 20, 20 years they sucked. <laughs> right. You know, they're doing well right now, and credit to them. Credit to the fans who stuck through that. I mean, their, their fans did not always handle it the best. I mean, I had Carmelo Anthony cut a drop for me on the radio to tell them to ease up on me because I was actually very supportive right. of the Knicks during various time periods. But more or less – Barclays Center and Madison Square Garden are like 20 minutes apart. There's no, when it comes to home or away, there's no difference from a geographical standpoint, right? And there were Brooklyn chants in Madison Square Garden not that long ago. Kevin Durant answered a question about that on a post game of an ESPN show. He tweeted, nice to hear the fans at Barclays, uh, I mean, MSG. So it happens both ways. What happened last night was an indictment of where the Nets are right now, where if you're a fan, what do you, you knew they were going to lose that game. Yep. You knew they were going to blow it. So what do you, what do you have to say? What, what can be heard is the however many fans of the Knicks made the short, short trip. to Bar- Hell, many of them probably live in Brooklyn, made the trip to <laughs> Barclays Center, and then they were just loud, and Nets fans were quiet, and that's, Basically, the entire story. Yeah, it's quiet for us right now. Nets fans had our little run with the superstars, the national attention, hopes of winning a championship. It blew up in our faces. It is what it is. Robin, let people know where they can find you. Plug whatever you want to plug before we go to the break, and I say goodbye. Yeah, uh, they can find me you know, on all socials, at Robin Lundberg on Twitter, at the Robin Lundberg everywhere else, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, all those places. SI uh, still at least for right now. And <laughs> Sirius XM, I do a bunch of stuff over there for Mad Dog and Bust It Open. And then, you know, um, I'll, I'll be making some noise wherever I, I wind up next or in the, the near future. Yes, sir. Robin, I appreciate you, man. We'll talk soon. All right, Keith. Thanks for having me on, man. 877-337-6666. We got 45 minutes till my next guest. We're going to take a break here. Ack will hit you with the update. KM to AM returns right after this. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. 
The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. It's better after investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.